Hey, podcast listeners, Chris McCaleb here. I wanted to do a little bit of housekeeping up top uh, for this episode. First, one of the things we talk about on this episode is the score. And what we forgot to mention is that Dave Porter's incredible score is actually available on soundtracks. Uh, and one of the pieces that Dave, uh, spoiler alert, Dave Porter's one of the <laughs> guests of this episode, um, one of the pieces that he talks about having written is available on volume two of the Better Call Saul soundtrack. Uh, and it's under the title, Nothing Gets Past Lalo, uh, which we now know is not exactly the case. But um, anyway, so that's one thing. And I wanted to shout that out. And then I wanted to sh also shout out uh, on the 606 podcast, I mentioned uh, three of my friends who uh, really helped me out as far as showing me how to use uh, Adobe Audition, which is the program I've used to clean up the audio. And I absolutely forgot one person when I was saying those names. So I just wanted to shout out Oliver Scott, uh, who's a very good friend of mine and uh, totally forgot to mention him. Anyway, all, all four of you have been just so instrumental in helping out with the cause. So anyway, uh, without further ado, on with the podcast. Well, hello. Welcome back to the Better Call Saul Insider Podcast. For the last six episodes, this is this is crazy. Um, we're in the home stretch. I hope you've enjoyed the bonus episodes that we did during the in-between period. Uh, but we're back and we're getting right into it. We got uh, our co-host with the co-most, Kelly Dixon. Hey, how's it, hey. How's it today? I'm how's good, it today? Kelly. Kelly, Kelly, just as we're recording this little behind the scenes, Kelly, uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi just premiered the first two episodes this weekend Did and well. people, people are loving it. Did well. I think I, I cannot wait to see it. I have, what? I'm you traveling. I'm so I'm, I'm traveling. I'm in an undisclosed location. That's why I'm, I've got this background going right now, but, um, um, yeah, but no, I will. I'm probably going to watch it tomorrow. I, I cannot wait. Um, and I, I, I fumbled that introduction. Kelly, of course, editor extraordinaire. She was the creator of this podcast, Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, editor, and we love Kelly. So I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here on a Sunday. We're, we're doing these earlier uh, than normal today um, because uh, it's becoming increasingly hard to get us all even on the same Zoom. So but we're, we managed to do it. And, here, and, and uh, one of the people who managed to join us today, co-creator, of Better Call Saul, creator of Breaking Bad, and the director of the episode that you just watched, it's Vince Gilligan. Yay! Yay, Yay me! Hello, right. everybody. <laughs> you Vince, you're, Vince is freshly shorn. You've got a nice haircut. I was going to say, geez, Vince, you <laughs> buzzed off all your hair. You know, everybody, you guys all said that. The truth is, I just got up, and uh, I just greased my hair down uh, uh, with, you know, mayonnaise, <laughs> which is what I typically <laughs> use. So it's actually, I have not cut my hair at all. But, it's uh, good. Thank you for thinking. Oh, it it's just good. slicked back. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, it looks so great. if I want to watch Obi Wan, do I have to pay for Disney Plus? I'm sure or you can. Someone... I'm sure you can probably find a, a a free subscription or sign up for a cell oh. service or no. But we, they didn't send out anything, man. Even the critics, they didn't send no screeners, no nothing. I'm sure there will be like for your consideration type stuff that'll yeah. that'll uh, check. But check not, your... no, not till next year. But Kelly, you got um, the inside track. Could you send me VHS tapes? Nah, man. <laughs> medium. Nah, man. I can't do any of that. I can barely talk about the thing. Are you kidding me? Oh, oh I look forward to seeing it. 
It's good. Well, yeah, VHS, definitely the best way to watch it. Uh, <laughs> unfortunately, Peter Gould, uh, co-creator Peter Gould, couldn't be here today because, and he's sorry, he wanted to make sure that I said uh, he couldn't be here today because he and Skip are actually in the cutting room editing today, the day before Memorial. It's a Sunday, like I said, and uh, they're working on the finale of the series. So... Um, so that's exciting. I haven't even, I haven't seen any of that stuff. Um, I've seen little, you know what? I've seen little bits and pieces and uh, I don't want to give anything away, but it's pretty awesome. So, um, but yeah, so he totally wanted to be here, but he couldn't. So, but we've got a lot of other guests today. Um, let's, I'm, I'm going to go in the order that people are in my box right now. Uh, we've got returning champion to the podcast. He's the writer of this episode. He's an executive producer on the show. And he's a great guy. He's Gordon Smith. Woo! I, I, I think everyone here would quibble with that last uh, last statement, but executive but producer. No, the, the one after that. It's fine. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, that's that's great. I I uh, oh, also I edited this episode, and so I've been seeing a lot of Vince and Gordon as we worked on this episode, and another person who I've seen a lot of, but only in a tiny Zoom box until we can actually. Uh, get together in the real world and have some uh, belated celebratory birthday drinks. It's the composer of this show and of Breaking Bad and of so many other shows and movies that you love and did some of the my favorite music that you've ever done. It's Dave Porter. Dave! Dave! Delighted the, to be here. In the studio. Yep. As always, <laughs> coming live and direct. <laughs> this Even is a on... welcome break from uh, working on the deadlines that I have for things due for y'all on Tuesday. Oh man, <laughs> I I can't wait to hear it. Happy I, I... Memorial Day weekend! Yeah, to me. what a blast! So so well, I thanks for taking time out of the your working holiday, and uh, to to do to do this, which is uh, and oh, boy, I can't wait to hear uh, Tuesday. Because um, that's really exciting. But uh, and then finally on the show, um, the, the the man who blew into this series like a like a hurricane and turned everything upside down. And, and now everything is kind of turned upside down for for his character, Lalo Salamanca, our very special guest, Tony Dalton. Yay! Yay! Hi, Tony. Hi, Tony. Hey, how you How's everything going? Good. It's hey, terrible. by the way, I did, uh, Kelly, I did watch it last night. Oh, Obi excellent. It was great. Both? And I, One, two? And I am, I bought both of them, and I am traveling, so I don't have the Chris excuse. I'm <laughs> and I watched it on VHS. <laughs> yeah. Nice. It's the better preferred method. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, it smooths analog. out the edges. Yeah. No, no. It's got no. a glow to it. It's got a warmth, VHS tape. <laughs> Much like uh, LPs. I was looking for Betamax, but I had no luck. <laughs> <laughs> Did you edit um, the first two, Kel? No, I edited two, four, and six. So the other editor, uh, Nick Dutoth, edited one, three, and five. I just want to watch yours. If I, Will I be able to follow the show <laughs> if I just watch your episodes? No. Oh, okay. But what That's if we try really hard? No. No. Uh, uh, this episode, I should have uh, said earlier. I'm, I'm all. I'm, listen, I got, I got my lake head on. I'm, I'm here at the lake, and uh, it's. Uh, this episode is 608, and it is entitled "Point and Shoot," uh, which is exactly what happens in this episode. 
Um, this is uh, talk talk about the the genesis of this episode. This is this is kind of a different one for us in that it it kind of all. I mean, in for a, a large section of it, it it almost takes place in real time. Um, so Gordon, Vince, talk talk a little bit about the sort of the the genesis of this. I mean, do you, you correct me if if you remember it differently, Vince? I don't think we we set out to make it quite as compact or like real time beating of time. It's just we had this big event at the end of six oh seven with with you know that we'd been building the half the season towards uh where Lalo shows up and kills Howard Hamlin and we just we just sort of followed the consequences of that and wanted to be very very detailed about like why was this a good plan why does what is Lalo just chaotic and we didn't feel like we, we feel, felt like the character was not you know he doesn't kill uh Margarita in in Germany because he only kills when he has to he's not just like yeah. He doesn't kill the dog. He could have killed the dog, but like he doesn't do that. So it felt like we needed to pay off that this was a smart plan and that it was a calculated uh, risk that he'd taken. And uh, that meant laying some groundwork and just following it through and staying with our characters as much as as much as we could. Yeah, well, and, and Gordon wrote the hell out of this one and uh, just did a great it was a great script. It was fun to direct. And of course, working with Tony, Jesus. That was so much fun. You were so much fun. That was it. What's what's this? I mean, is this character? How do you see this character, Tony? Is he is he? I mean, it, is he is he a guy you'd want to have a beer with, or would he scare the? He's, he scares the hell out of me. He's charming as hell, but I'd cross the street to avoid him. Yeah, I think you'd want to have one beer with him, but maybe three or four, he could get a little cray cray. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the character's super fun. To, I mean, it was it was fun written from the beginning when um, when I first read it when he was cooking for Nacho at the at the Michoacana, and just kind of we just kind of just went from there. You know, I think it kind of worked with everybody. It just started everybody just started seeing how this all started fitting in from. From the writing to the directing to the to the editing to the music to everything and it just worked out great hey can i ask a question um just to backtrack a little bit tony is this your first time on the podcast it is yes okay and so just to backtrack because i'm i'm sorry i've been inundated with with data um in the last couple of years when did lalo first appear was it what season was it 408 okay so it was two seasons yeah. ago last i think the last scene of 408 and I, I remember, I remember when, um, Chris, was that the year that I was in New York? It was. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, it was. So, so I just remember when I first saw Lalo, I was like going, man, who is this guy? I mean, he's part of the cartel and, you know, but I just, as the character developed, I was like thinking how smart he was, how like winning he was, how confident he was. And also how just, you know, just like you said, charming, Tony, you've got this great smile. I remember meeting you at the premiere with um, Michael Mando a couple of weeks ago. And I was like, man, this guy, you know, so I'm just curious, like Vince and, and Gordon, can you guys talk about how you guys like found Tony Dalton? And what was your experience like? Uh, yeah, you know, feel free to chime in too, Tony, about like oh, no, I want to hear being this. found. <laughs> no, I mean, we, it was it was our normal casting. It was a little bit uh, sped up because we knew it was going to be a big character. Uh, and we kind of knew, uh, in my memory, I think we started casting during 4.03, because I was in Albuquerque at the time and watching tapes with um, 
with Melissa Bernstein for four four oh eight, which I also wrote. Um, so, you know, we we had a bunch of people. We had it. We had contenders, and of course, it was like narrowing down. But like, it just kept coming back to to Tony. And I think we had the opportunity. Uh, the casting folks that we have are are Bialy Thomas casting folks who are so great. They're like, hey, Tony Dalton happens to be in Los Angeles. Is it worth? We they knew it was a contender from his first read, and so they're like. Is there anything that you would want him to do? And uh, so I was like, yes, and gave a, a slightly different because you'd done kind of Tony. I don't know if you remember this, but it's like you had done kind of the version that's that's really funny. It was the it was the kind of like the Lalo side that was smiley but still scary. And so I was just like, well, see if he can do it a little scarier. And then so we had these two versions, which kind of are the bookends of the character that we got to we got to see. Uh, and, and then it was from there, it was like, we had some, we had a couple other people that we were looking at and it was like, no, this is the guy, this has got to be the guy that we, we go with. So, uh, that was, it was a long, pro- it, it took, it did take us some time because we knew it was such an important character. And we thought this was a character that we're going to probably come back to. Uh, it just felt like to, to pay off how scared Jimmy slash Saul is in Breaking Bad, right? He's, there's a, there's a demon that's been haunting him for, for years. We knew, yeah. we knew that. So we knew that we needed to like build a character that was gonna have some legs and was, we were gonna have to see why he was terrifying. Um, and, and luckily Tony is terrifying. So we, we, were, we were able to bring that out. <laughs> He's charmingly terrifying. Oh yeah. It's, I, 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 I'm so glad you guys are not just relying on my memories uh, for these podcasts. I don't remember all those details Gordon just said, which is why I'm glad he, he answered that question. I will add only that all I remember is seeing Tony just saying yet again, thank God for uh, Sharon and Sherry and Russell. For sure. Thank God for Bialy Thomas, who have found so many marvelous, marvelous actors over the years for us. I, I watched uh, Tony's audition and just said, Jesus Christ, where, where, where did this guy come from? He's fantastic. So it, yeah. that's... Yeah, that's that's my memory of it, and uh, and and I, you know, I, I've said this before. I'll say it again. People who've listened to this podcast probably heard me in some forum or another say this. I, I'm embarrassed. I feel sheepish about what I'm about to say. I, I didn't. It was so hard trying to come up with who this Lalo character was, and the whole point of it was the whole point of having a Lalo character was, uh, at least at the the impetus of it, the initial moment of it was because of some throwaway line that Saul Goodman says in his very first episode in Breaking Bad, he says, he says, oh, no, no, not to tell Lalo. It was, I wasn't, you know, it wasn't me. It was Ignacio. And it's this throwaway line that meant nothing. I mean, it meant, because I was there, it meant nothing in Breaking Bad. It was, it was, because we didn't even know the character Saul Goodman was going to be important. And all credit to uh, to to Peter Gould and to and and all and, and Gordon, all the other writers. They kept saying we got to get Lalo in there. We got to explain why he reacted. And I and I said, yeah, sure. And then the months dragged by, and like we're <laughs> we're not any closer to figuring out who this Lalo guy is. And I kept I started to say, you know, who cares? It was just a throwaway line. This guy, he's he contains multitudes. This crazy character, <laughs> he he's got all kinds of shit going on. Is who cares? But Peter stuck at it and said, "We gotta, we gotta have a Lalo. We gotta get Lalo into the show." And if 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 I had won that, it wasn't really an argument. I just kept kind of saying that, you know. But 
if <laughs> if 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 Peter had listened, we wouldn't have Tony Dalton in our Better Call Saul universe, and the world would be the fans. Would, I would be. We would all be poorer for it. So I really appreciate Peter pushing for that. Hey Tony, I I got a I got a question for you. I mean that um. So when you when you actually got this part, had you seen Breaking Bad? There's so many um, actors that we've asked, you know, that have or haven't, you know, didn't really know what they were getting into. I was just curious. Had you um, watched the show? Had you been a fan of the show? Did you know what you were walking into? And also, did you know? Did they tell you that it was going to be this long term thing? Or first, yeah, I'd watched. I mean, I'd watched uh, Breaking Bad, and I watched. Uh, I mean, not all of Saul, but I wasn't. Really- exactly up to date to it but i'd watched i think those two seasons and no i had no idea i thought it was only going to be two episodes i thought it was only going to be those last two episodes maybe something on the third one and then after those two when the next season came in they're like hey listen we want you to be kind of part of the of the sort of the main cast i was like okay that sounds great then i started realizing um sort of what the importance of of lalo was in in, in this whole universe of of Breaking Bad and of Saul Goodman. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't even know. I mean, because I've asked these guys and they always kind of go around. I don't even know if they had it in mind for the character to be that big in the first place, you know? Because I don't know if you guys, do you guys already know what's going to happen or you just kind of start feeling, sort of taking a feel around things and then just start working around that? I mean, do you have already an ending when you guys are sitting down and writing it or is it just kind of like, well, it could go this way or it could go that way. Just we're bullshitting our way through it just yeah. second by second. That's, what, that's the short I'm like, answer. I can answer that question for you. No. That's amazing. I'm not even there, man, but I've asked that so many times. No. <laughs> Sorry. I don't mean to speak for y'all guys. No, no, but it's, it, I, I'm kind of joking. I'm kind of not, but but uh, there are a lot of things at play. And Gordon mentioned earlier about Lalo had to be he had to, we had to do something enough with him that he, that he'd be that scary to the, yeah. yeah. You want to talk about that, Gordon? Yeah. I mean, we, we felt, cause way back when you talk about the origin of the character, we thought maybe there, there, when we started in season one, we, where, where we kind of thought that he was going to be Saul Goodman calling himself Saul Goodman and wearing the crazy suits by the end of the first season. Uh, there was a version early on where we thought that the character of Ignacio might be Lalo, but then we were like, no, this, 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 we need to give Lalo even a bigger entrance than this. We need to give Lalo more due and he needs to be, he needs to kind of come in like thunder, you know? Uh, so I, that was my memory of it, at least that we, we, we knew that there was an importance that we needed to, to deal with. And also I, I don't think we knew I, I don't think we knew exactly what that was going to be, but I think once we saw what was happening, especially in those last few few, few episodes of season four with um, with Lalo and Mike, where we're like, this is a guy who's like going toe to toe with Mike, who we've just sort of established as almost a uh, super heroically competent, like just one of the, the character who gets everything done. And if somebody's thwarting Mike or getting around Mike, it's like, that's that's a that's a huge thing for us sort right. of narratively and so we're like oh this might be somebody that we can st- I, I think we started feeling like this might be something that can tie the glue of our two sides together our, our sort of our, our jimmy world our mike world our, our cartel world like this is a character that's so chaotic and so you know has so many so many sides that maybe we it would be fun to see him 
bringing them together, which eventually it, we, we, I don't think I had, I didn't have any idea what that was. We talked about options, but uh, I, in the end, I think that was what uh, the potential was, I think that, that, that we then pushed on. Can I add to that though? Everything that Gordon said, absolutely correct. But those are, he's talking about kind of our hopes and dreams at that point, but uh, yeah. then the, the, the cold light of day shines on you in terms of, you know, you got to go with, the person that you hire, you got to go with the actor who, who you hope will get you there. And so you know, you're always hoping you watch that audition, but it's only two or three minutes of, 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 mm -hmm. of an actor playing a role. And so you're, you're kind of rolling the dice a little bit and you're, you're hoping that it's going to work out. And with, in Tony's case, same with Ray Seahorn as another example, same with Aaron Paul back in Breaking Bad. You just you win the lottery and you get so much more than you even hoped and dreamed for and i think lalo i i believe everything gordon said is accurate but i i think lalo became even a bigger character still than he would have because tony sure. is so magnificent in the role and just like uh the kim wexler uh, was gonna be you know maybe kind of a love interest in the first half of the first season or something that at, at worst and then you find out, you know, uh, oh, my God, uh, this actress is so good. You know, then you build like, you know, it's, it's that's that's kind of the yeah. way it works. It, it, there is you have to kind of roll with it in the writer's room and the, on the set. You kind of roll with with who you've hired. And if they can do it, then you give more to do. And if they do that, you give more to do. And that's mm -hmm. that's how our very best characters have come to be. Yeah, I, I, I remember feeling when we like. Uh, that that moment of going okay this is gonna, this guy's going to be really in it because we were on uh we were on set for 408 it was the the scene at the end that, that tony that you were doing and i don't know if, i don't know if you remember this but i was like this this was like we're bringing in this character and what's what's this we're getting used to an actor we don't don't know who this is and you came in and you came up to me and we're like hey there's this line here about the spice that he uses and i think i'd put in like cumin Right, or something like that. And you're like, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm, you know, it's an actor coming up to you first thing to be like, you're the writer, you screwed up a line. So you get really, it's hard not to get defensive, but it was, Tony was like, I think we can do better. What about, there's a spice, it's epazote, you can do this. It's it's a little bit more authentic. It'll feel like it's not just a, a generic spice. And I'm like, oh, you're, you're looking at this and going, how do I make this better? Not you guys fuck this up or something like that, you know? <laughs> and so, and we, and I think that's the line we, we did. And I was like, I, 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 I was very great. That's the kind of feedback that's so great when an actor comes to you and is like, you know, there's something I'm feeling from, from my character's point of view that I think we can make this, we can make this different. We can make this more fun. And it's not to say that what's there is bad, but just like, let's, let's lift it. And so, uh, and we did. And I thought it was, I was like, all right. <laughs> This guy's gonna be great. <laughs> That's that. That was. I, I don't think I'd heard that. That's a great story. I love that. I'm gonna. I'm gonna pretty much assume go out on a limb and just say so. This ending where how how Lala was gonna die. That was definitely not something that y'all. When did that? How did y'all figure that one out? That Lala was going to kill Howard, and that they were gonna be buried together in in the floor of the super lab. Yeah. Late in the game, Gordon might have a, a, I mean, no, I mean, seriously, I mean, it's yeah. just, if you knew, I know, I know you're serious. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm not, but I'm not being funny or blase about it. It's, this is as, as, as a favorite phrase of mine, a now favorite phrase that uh, Peter Gould introduced me to is that's not a, that's not a bug. That's a feature. And 
<laughs> I had never heard that until he said it. Maybe everyone in the world had heard it, but I'm I'm not a computer guy. But uh, I love that phrase, and it's not it's not a bug; it's a feature. In 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 other words, coming to this stuff late rather than early is is I think exactly the way you want to do it. You you sure. you I've. I've, I've, I've talked to, I've heard interviews with uh, writers of TV shows. I've talked to them personally who said I knew the ending right before I even set foot on the pilot, uh, the, the first day of the pilot shoot. I, I knew the ending. More power to them. But to me, you are robbing yourself of potential riches if you, right. it's great to have an idea. It's great. It's fantastic. It's better to have that idea for that final episode than not. But if you get the blinkers, the blinders, whatever you put on a horse, if you get those on and and you say, no, no, I got the ending, and you discard along the way better ideas, you're, you're, you're poorer for it. And uh, so, so coming up with this stuff late in the game is a natural progression of, of telling a story, building, building that brick, you know, building that uh, aqueduct brick by brick, you know, until it stretches across the, you know, whatever the hell I'm trying to say, <laughs> really. but yeah, I mean, it's just, you want to come up with it later rather than yeah. earlier. And I think I, towards that, it's, I feel like I completely agree. And I feel like one of the things that the process that, that you've built here, Vince, that this team kind of works with is just, beating the living hell out of story points, right? So you know that by the time it's gotten there, it's undergone a stress test where you've had, every writer is trying, is going, is this the right way? So we tried things where we're like, well, does, should Mike kill Lalo? And should, is that the, is that the right way? Well, is it Gus? Is it, how does that happen? What's the, what's the best thing? And then what, I don't think we figured out the, we didn't figure out where the, the super lab burying the two bodies together until we had figured out that both of them were dead like that i think we were like okay we've finally gotten to the point we've kindly figured out what this sort of move counter move that that these characters have gone through looks like and then we're like what would be the sort of what what do we do with these two what do we do with the bodies we still had an act left we knew that like there needed to be something yeah. um and I think both you and Allison, in my memory, uh, said at this, we're, we're like at the same time going, God, wouldn't it be great if we could just figure out if we could bury them under the super lab? And it was like, and people were like, how does that work? Why does that make sense? What? And so we had to beat the hell out of that too. And just be like, well, sh is that smart? Is that safe? How do you get them there? What? Why bury them together? All, Definitely all not safe. Yes. Nothing so. safe about anything that happens down there. No, it's, it's <laughs> For not a record. A, yes. <laughs> It is a tomb, so. Yeah. Uh, but what? But but we had to kind of like kick out, throw ideas out, discard them, throw ideas out, discard them, and then it was like, no, this is. At a certain point, it just feels inevitable, and you're like, yeah, this is the right place. This is the right ending. This is the right way to let this come to rest. So, you know, speaking of not being robbed of any riches, uh, this episode more than most has uh, a lot of really fantastic music. Yeah. Um. We we more music than normal, and uh, and it's it, it that's all Dave Porter. Dave, do you want to talk about the your different approaches to creating the music, especially there? there and I, I I definitely want to hear all of it, but also that 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 haunting, just lyrical cello in that kind of end that that sort of uh, requiem for for our guys. Yeah, uh, this has uh, been a. First of all, a, a season, uh, not unlike actually the last season of Breaking of Breaking Bad, 
where uh, I've had more to do than I have in some previous seasons and some more and, and broader opportunities, uh, which has certainly been uh, a lot of fun for me. This episode in particular uh, had so many different places where music might be helpful um, that I knew I'd be writing a lot more than we would actually use. Uh, but, but we really didn't know where it would be most effective uh, until, until I tried it, I think, is, is what happened. And uh, you can't, nobody can see it because I know we're on an audio-only podcast, but I'm just looking at my notes from the episodes, uh, which are usually pretty clean. I have a few little you know, ticks, check marks, and, and little scribbles of things that I need to fix. And they're a mess for this episode. <laughs> like arrows moving from here to there, squirrels of this, change this to this, move this around. And uh, that was just because of this, I think the uniqueness of this, this episode and that, and that fact that we didn't, I think going into it, usually when we go into this, we have our spotting sessions and we talk about every scene and, and the scenes where there could be score are pretty clear to us now. We've been doing this together for a long time. We have a sense of it. It's not always clear whether we're gonna end up using score or not, but usually we know where it's gonna feel most appropriate. In this one, we really just didn't. I think there were a lot of, lot of different possibilities. And I think the case in point, Chris, is the, the cello lament that you mentioned uh, actually yeah. was written originally for the teaser. Right. Was never intended to be for for both Lalo and and Hamlin, it was for for Hamlin's character for 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 the teaser, uh, but uh, it that wasn't the best spot for it ultimately. Uh, and when I shifted it over, it had just happened to fall and fit very nicely with just a very few alterations in in that final scene, uh, which was terrific. Um, otherwise, you know, I, there was some. Uh, just so many tense moments uh, and so much uh, tension to wring out of everything that mm -hmm. uh, it was just a question of choosing where where it would where it would end up uh, and uh, and how it would all all play out. Um, I got to uh, employ uh, for the final time, presumably, uh, some music that I. Uh, originally started working on for Lalo at the end of last season in uh, last two episodes, I think, of, of, of season five. A little thematic motif uh, for, for Lalo's character. Um, and uh, so got to sneak that in a few places and uh, uh, just uh, we, had a, we, had a, we had a blast with this one. And Dave, Dave says presumably the last time because... Um... Uh, and I think we've talked about this on the podcast in, in your previous appearance, Dave, but, but um, you don't act, you don't read the script. And the first time you know anything about the episodes is when you watch them. Typically that's the first true. time. Yeah. Typically, unless there's some important reason for me to know about something in advance. Um, I, I try to avoid it. Um, and that's just a, a creative, it's not because I'm lazy or I don't love Gordon's writing. No, of writing. course. I certainly do. But it, it's, uh, it, it's uh, I guess I've been doing this so long and I'm so visually motivated uh, and I'm so motivated creatively by all of the decisions that happen before me. Uh, and the writing is just the first of those. 
and the, the, this followed by how it's shot, how it's acted, how it's cut, all of those things influence how I want to approach writing music for the show. And I found for me, sometimes if I get involved a little too early, I'll get a, a, a vision in my head of something that isn't how it ultimately ends up being. And it throws me the wrong way. Mm. So I, I prefer I prefer it this way. And I also, of course, selfishly love to sit down and watch these episodes like a fan uh, because I get to be nearly last in the process and they're almost done by the time I get to see them. Uh, so I get the first time I ever watch them, I sit down with a, a stiff bourbon and just watch it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Just just watch it uh, like I would if I was a fan. Uh, and then, you know, and take note of, you know, how, how it made me feel. Right. And then uh, and then I'll go back through it, of course, and and take my notes. But I always watch it for the first time just for the love of watching it. I'll say, you know, we that's 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 very different from how like we I watched the, the, the episode because it's like we've seen it a whole yes. bunch. And I, I, I have to say this time. We, we were we were lucky enough to do the music preview in the room all together. And as we were watching it, at the end of like every cue, there was this stunned silence of just, oh yeah. Like, it's just the room, oh, you yeah. could you could just feel it. And everyone, like the, the hairs on people's yeah. arms were standing up and just like, yeah. this is amazing. Like every single, and we don't, these are, this is, we had seen it. We'd all seen it dozens and dozens of times, you know, yeah. gone through sure. the minutia. And it was still like, it was like feeling it again. It was like seeing it as if it was new. It was really yeah. great. Well, thank you very much. But I, I will say too that I think, you know, one of the other benefits of my not being involved earlier is that sometimes I can't, sometimes I can be that, that fresh set of ears. Yeah. Yeah. On something that you guys have just been pounding and pounding into your brain a hundred thousand times. Yeah. Um, it's still newer and fresher to me. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought this, I, I want to second what Gordon said. You just outdid yourself. I mean, it's, your stuff is always great and we, we get used to it being great. I mean, you know, which is, which is, uh, it's a, it's, uh, I hope that comes across as a sincerest form of flattery because it's, it does. Away. Thank but, you. but this, this one, yeah, it was just, you outdid yourself. And I, can we go back to something you said a second ago? Are you writing? When you watch it, you're writing notes, but they're not necessarily musical notes. They're like, "This made oh. me sad. This made me." So it's not even. It's not like I want. I want to finally get some kazoo in this part. <laughs> but it's it's not musical. Rarely. It's just emotional. Yeah, really. it is. And it, this is prior to our spotting sessions. So a lot of it is notes about about where I think music might be effective. Right. Where it might start. Where it might end what are the possibilities there or the options that we might discuss when we all get together to discuss it. Right. Uh, but you know, it's never music okay, at first. And in fact, I, I never write any music uh, until I've spoken to, to you guys for sure. Okay. And until okay. we've had our spotting sessions uh, because uh, those are the most important pieces of information to me. The, okay. Those notes that get made after the spotting session are, are the Bible that I follow when I sit down to write, uh, because they're, they're the roadmap for me. Uh, and I wouldn't want to get off, get presumptuous <laughs> and get off on the wrong foot or do the do, go the wrong direction before I before I knew the whole story. And I never get that until I've gotten the uh, the insider scoop from you guys. And if you haven't listened to previous podcasts, the a spotting session is where we get the the whole team, the creative team, 
uh, and the the whole sound team and our whole music team and everybody gets to, we used to be in pre-COVID times, we would all get together very awkwardly in one room, just like stuffed like sardines into a room, uh, uncomfortably sitting on some, some people sitting on just terrible chairs uh, that we inherited from some other show. How is it that we could never have afforded better chairs? I mean, honestly. it's uh, in Dave, all these years. Dave, they're still there. I my, <laughs> even, and I even have I have like a barely functioning Aeron chair. Um, I mean, that's some real high class problems, but uh, <laughs> it just it just sinks down. But I stand mostly when I edit. But but now we've been doing them over Zoom, and I never thought that I would uh, want to be stuffed into a room more because it 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 can be pretty frustrating. Uh, to to not be able to just be in the room together. I don't know how, if yeah. you guys feel the same way. No, I miss being in a room together. Although this, I mean, I've been I've been complaining about Zoom more than anyone, but being able to being able to be in different places that you want to be is nice. But yeah, I, I miss doing it in a room. But uh, yeah, together. It has been extra tough, I think, for for me this year, uh, because those spotting sessions are the only opportunity I ever had to be in the room with with everyone i'm pretty removed from from the day-to-day that's going on over at, at the post-production offices uh so yeah it's it's been extra work i think this year to try to make those creative connections and uh while we're certainly fortunate to have you know the technology to do it this way it's it's i'm, I'm with vince it's not ideal and i hope we can get back to the old way yeah. yeah, me too. Tony, I had a question that you, you know, they say uh, one of the hardest things to do is like, or people say like, you know, walk and chew bubble gum or, or walk and talk and do this th- at the same time. But in this episode, you had to walk downstairs while saying diet. I don't know if you remember that in the super lab when you had the camera and in, and you, and because I know this was a while ago that you actually were were there shooting it, but you were you were you were not only acting and talking and walking down actual stairs, but you were also having to be the the you know the cinematographer, the the camera operator. Yeah. And yeah. you did it. You did a fantastic and, job. And he held the gun on. Oh he had yeah. To make sure he had the gun on Gus. That's right. Yeah. By the way, Vince, do I get cinematographer credit for that? (laughs) Never give credit. Never. No. (laughs) No, it's uh, you. uh, No, actually, Paul. Paul would probably probably say, "Yeah, I should share that with Paul." Uh, That uh, you did a great job. By the way, just to remind everybody, I can't remember if we said this already. Tony, as we record this, Tony hadn't seen this episode yet. Right. So I can't yeah. wait for you to see this thing. I don't know how that, how that turned out, but yeah, I mean, we did it a couple of times. And, uh, you did great. We had a yeah. and, okay. So you pull the gun out of one side, and then you pull the camera because it's you know it's back in the day, so it's not like I can grab my iPhone and record myself. It's these big cameras, so it's kind of like and you got to record it, and then you got to have the camera, the gun on this other guy, and and then it's Spanish and English. It was fun. I mean, you know, you do a couple of times, you get uh, used to it, and and then. Uh, <laughs> You hope for the best. <laughs> the move, I, I hope you you like how it looks because I think it just looks cool as shit. But like there's a move, another one of those things, Chris, that you're talking about, because we realized as we were t- talking through the scenes, it's like, shit, he's, he's probably only got like one bullet in that gun. He's got to reload. Yeah. And so it's he's got a gun and a camera 
and has to take the camera off with his teeth, reload with one, oh, re yeah. reload, and then get the camera back with, and it, it looks so smooth. It looks like yeah. it's the kind of thing you've done a thousand times, yeah. but it was maybe like- Maybe he has, maybe he has. You know? So yeah, it was, it was quite it, a move. It, almost like how Arnold Schwarzenegger is able to reload his shotgun with one hand with that just, just you know, which seems like something, <laughs> and, and, and you, it's, you did it almost, it's like a, it's like a, a ballet of, of evil and potential violence that the way well, that you did that you know, with the camera in, and the gun in my, in my trailer, Dave, I have a picture of, of Arnold. Thank you. I like it. I like it. So it looks badass. Hey Vince, with... I got a, I got a question. Um, so I get, you know, that, that tone that um, Lalo is going to let Gus talk to Eladio, but I got the, I had a feeling, I'm like, why is, as smart as Lalo is, why is he letting um, uh, Gus buy time for that, in that last little bit to, to get his plan on? I mean, why, I mean, I just I, wanted, I mean, did you guys think about that? I mean, it's, I just am curious because I was like, I feel like, you know, he would have shot him. <laughs> I'm like going, what, I, what do you think? A guy. <laughs> At the very end, when he's <laughs> yeah. letting Gus talk up to Aladio, okay, you're gonna shoot, shoot. I, I think, I think a lesser character would have just shot him. Uh, but, but Lalo, Lalo knows. He says earlier, up, up topside in the in the laundry, he says, okay, I, I think we got about 13 minutes until the cavalry oh, yeah, shows. Oh okay, yeah. yeah. And so he's he is so cool. He knows how much time he's got, but I think it's actually a really smart play. I mean, Gordon could speak to it better than I can. Gordon wrote it, but I, to me, it's a really smart play because he is killing an earner, as he says uh, in in Tom Schnauz's episode okay. episode seven, and 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 a big, big, big earner at that. He is killing a golden goose, and he knows it, and that's why he's had to be so careful and go so circuitously. Uh, about to get the evidence he needs. This is, I mean, you know, and Eladio could still be pissed at him even after all this proof. So it's it's not going to hurt his case any to have uh, to have uh, Gustavo Frank calling this guy a fat pig on video and and saying nasty <laughs> things about yeah, yeah, it to yeah. a, gre a greasy bloated pimp. Yeah, help all, sell all his case. Stuff. Yeah, you're right. After you're the right. fact, once this guy's dead, it, it's it, then it's unequivocal. Nobody can ever say, "Ah, Lalo just killed him," and he's blaming it on him. He's got the yeah. evidence. He's got the right. the video proof. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> uh, I'm I'm jumping all around here. This is kind of schizophrenic. But back, I want to, one more music question while I, while I was thinking of it. What's your philosophy when you're? It, it, can you? I hate when people ask me these kind of questions, but in <laughs> Like, what are you looking to do? To, I, I mean, are you looking to re? What I mean is, are you looking to reinforce emotions that you're seeing on screen, or are you looking? Are you ever looking to go counter to the emotions you're seeing? If if you had one philosophy when you're when you're picking music, what what do you think it would be, Dave? Uh, please, Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould, so that I can retain my gig. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, of course. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I do uh, try to the best of my ability to, to uh, be an extension of, of the writers and try to understand as much best as I can. And I'm, I'm 
a layman at this, but I do my best to to uh, accentuate or highlight the things that I think uh, you guys and gals were trying to achieve in the writer's room. I mean, and 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 the way that the, the characters have been played. So, I mean, I think so much of this music, for example, here in, in this episode, uh, centering around Tony's character, was about that tension, but it's very cold, it's very calculated, it's in no hurry to do anything in all the same ways that the, the, the character is, uh, just to try to emphasize that point as much as possible. Um, sometimes we talk about playing things counterintuitively um but i think mm, sometimes uh in an episode particularly like this one that's just so much tension from beginning to end um it's about picking the right spots and and i mean i you know i think a lot about this the scene in this one of course where kim's driving up to gus's house you know i mean there's there's so much prolonged tension there uh, and we feel it as an audience, but I'm almost more interested, and, some, and sometimes that's an important consideration, but I think more often I try to be with the characters and, and where, where I think they are uh, in, in their mind space or in, in how they want us to perceive them. Uh, and that's how I try to think about it. In our spotting sessions, I think I probably, it may sound corny sometimes, but I, I, I probably do ask a lot of those sort of, uh, uh, cliche, cliched questions you might hear for in a skit about actors, right? Like, oh, what's my motivation here? What's my what's my reason for this? And you know, all those things because they're equally uh, applicable to to what I'm doing. That's that's really well answered. I, I and and I'm just glad you brought up that Kim, Tony. I can't wait for you to see the segment because <laughs> you you because the scene with Kim is walking up to shoot you've sent her on this mission to shoot hey, yeah, yeah. Uh, shoot shoot this guy who didn't even, she didn't even know his name but she's got to shoot him that music it just it just had a so on edge it's going to have the audience so on edge it had a so on edge when the first time we heard it uh, it just it's just tremendous it's a tremendous cue and and it it's what you just said dave it puts me in her skin I mean, hopefully you're already kind of there just watching it, the way we shoot it and the way it's lit and all that, and, the, and obviously the way Ray acts it. Sure. But, but the music, it, 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 it was like threefold what it was before, once you hear that music. It, it really, I mean, the, 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 I, I forget, I personally forget sometimes just how much, I, I, hope this, I hope I'm saying this right, I hope this doesn't sound weirdly. I don't, it's amazing how much music adds. The right score adds. It's uh, it sounds like a oh, kind yeah. of a dumb and obvious thing to say, but it's I mean like Jaws wouldn't be Jaws without that score. A Jaws would still be a good movie, but it wouldn't be what it <laughs> wouldn't be you know. But I mean that 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 cue you wrote for for her walking up to the door just makes me want to just jump out of my skin. I mean it's just it's just agonizing. It just it really puts me in her head more than all the other elements do and it's just uh, it's just tremendous you know what it took it what it did for me that that specific cue is i mean and i was working you know with this material the whole time it took it i was afraid that she was gonna do something like i was afraid she was gonna like kill somebody and then once that music was in it i was still afraid of that but i was even for the first time i was like 
Kim's going to die here. And I can't, you know, and if I'm a fan of the show, which I am, I'm like, these motherfuckers, they make me wait six weeks to come back and <laughs> you just killed Howard. Now you fucking kill Kim, yeah. you yeah. bastards. And, yeah. you know, thankfully, obviously that didn't happen. The other um, moment that I'm glad you said that, Chris, the other moment where that happens is when she leaves. Uh, the way that cue works, it, it's, it's, it's like she's going to die. Mm-hmm. We know he's not going to die. We've seen Breaking no. Bad, or most of us have. It, she's going to die. That's yeah. it's the music made all the difference there. Yeah. Yeah, and we talked about that being the last time they could potentially see each other, and the, yeah. and, the and the weight of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I know we have limited time today, um, but I, I we and I, we we won't be able to really get into it. And it's been pretty widely talked about, but we can't not mention the fact that this was the episode, the very first day of shooting, that Bob had his heart attack. Yeah. Oh wow! And, this was it. And oh, how wow, that shit. how that rippled through production, and how scary that was. And and again, I I you know I. I, we won't have the time to talk about it, but what one of the, but you know, say whatever you like, cause you know, quite a few of you were there. Um, although nobody, nobody talked about the fact, Tony, that you were there. I mean, you know, people said Ray was there, Patrick was there, but you know, I think they didn't want anybody to know that, that, uh, everybody was all in the same room together in yeah, a terrifying exactly. way. That's oh, a wow. Big yeah. That's a big, That's big spoiler. Yeah. 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 I, I, so how, how, how hard, Two, two part question how how hard was that to to hang on to that secret tony and then also for all of you we, you know there was a two about a two month gap between the first part of shooting that scene and the second part and i was like i was very concerned that it was going to all cut together and and it is a testament to your performances and also the 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 you know the entire production team and of course Vince the way that you planned out uh, all those shots from the beginning, but what how, how what was the difficulty factor in trying to like get back into a scene two months later? Well, it was yeah. difficult, but it was it was it was a blessing because that day I mean I I I, I don't I mean. I think I can say all this because I think I think uh, you know Bob has talked about it publicly. I mean, we we watched him die. I mean, I'd never seen anything like it except in a movie, and we watched we watched him expire. If if not for the the heroic efforts of Rosa, our our uh, COVID compliance officer, and uh, and and Angie, our first AD, and and uh, Aaron, uh, our EMT, and then another EMT from a whole other show that was shooting at the same time, a gentleman named Dan. If if not for these people who had the training and, and kept their cool, uh, they they worked on them with CPR and they used this AED device. And I want to say this very quickly. I don't want to go off on a big tangent. Whoever invented the the AED, the the uh, the uh, automated uh, electronic defibrillator i believe that's what the a stands for automated it's uh this whoever invented this should have their face on mount rushmore everyone should know where their nearest one is uh, yeah i i bought i bought like five of them since and i've given them to people i've got uh I've, I've, they I, this thing is a magic device and it and it brought our, our friend uh, back to life right in front of us uh, along with the good ministrations of of, of some very smart, uh, dedicated people. And th- all of that to say, I didn't mean to get off on some 
uh, emotional tangent. But yeah, it, it was tough making uh, a scene cut together. And you, by the way, Chris, you did a stellar work editing this episode from start to finish. So oh, with, thanks. Big thanks to you. Big thanks to our our, our wonderful makeup people, our wonderful uh, uh, hair people, our wonderful wardrobe people, our wonderful uh, lighting people. They they matched, but with a, within a gap of two months, they matched previously shot stuff with with stuff after this this guy had a heart attack. Their wonderful friend had a heart attack. It all credit to all those folks, but that's kind of mechanical stuff. When we got back on set with Bob, it was just it was just happiness it was just uh, it was just thankfulness uh gratitude because that day i mean I'm, it was a terrible terrible day we you know following the ambulance uh driving <laughs> melissa bernstein and i driving following you know after then just thinking you know is he gonna is he already dead is he is he did he die in the ambulance is he gonna make it is it you know the show is over the show is done for and but that's not what we're i mean this we kind of knew that without talking about it Right. I mean, the show is done, but that's not what we're thinking about. We're thinking about, I, I just, I'm sorry, I'm getting kind of emotional, but it was, it's amazing that uh, it does cut together as well as it does, but that's just the cherry on top. I mean, we're just, we're lucky that our friend didn't die. And uh, it's a miracle. Yeah, I mean, it's a miracle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the fact that, that people were there to jump right on uh, and, and, and just jump right you know, right into doing, saving his life and, yeah. and, and doing what needed to be done it is, Calm, it is cool and incredible. Collected. Amazing. Yeah. I was, I just stood there like a locks, just like what, what it, I, you know, we all, I'm, a lot of us on this podcast since then have taken this wonderful uh, CPR slash AED first aid course. And I would recommend anyone listening to this thing, anyone, any line of work, whoever you are, I think you can take this class from age like 15 or 16 on, they have it all over the country. Do yourself a favor. It takes three hours. It was ap- it was absolutely worth it. It was actually kind of enjoyable, and I I, I don't have much confidence in uh, many things in my life, but I have this much more confidence now that that if this happened again in front of me, I'd I'd know what to do. And it's it's worth it's worth everyone knowing knowing how to use one of these things. And they're very oh, yeah. simple. This AED mm-hmm. is very simple. But, yeah, I'm so glad to have the knowledge, and I hope I absolutely never have to use it. Oh God, no. <laughs> it's, no. it's so scary. Yeah, you don't want to yeah. be tested. None of us do. I, no, yeah. but uh, yeah, but it's just it's a, it's an amazing uh, scene because yeah. of Bob and Ray and Tony. Tony, you were so we just uh, if you're watching it, saying what part is what? We did the coverage of Bob and Ray first before he had the heart attack. That was the first day of shooting on the episode. We, 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 we basically got them onto the sofa and we, we covered, we started, uh, typically we start with the wide stuff and work closer when it's a really emotional scene like this. I've started doing it where we start with the close-ups and work backwards. So most of the really heavy emotional stuff of Bob and Ray on the couch was done and we hadn't done Tony's side. And then two months later, we flipped around on Tony, and Tony was, you're such a pro, man. It's it's such, all three of you guys, it was such a pleasure just watching the three of you guys uh, play this scene. And and these two are so emotional on the sofa, and they have to be. That's as written, as wonderfully written by Gordon. And then, Tony, your stuff, you were so smart to play it. This The way Lalo plays it so casually, It's it goes so counter to, to the, 
how heavy and serious uh, you know the scene is. But the way I love the way you play. You want to talk about about playing that scene? You know, with all that emotion going on and the other two folks, and you're going counter to that. Yeah. Well, what happened? I mean, like you said, it was two months later after the uh, after the incident. So I had two months to really learn my lines really well. <laughs> I mean, I said every single way you could possibly imagine. It's like usually you get like a week to learn your lines. Here it's like, oh, we got two months. Man, I'm going to Mexico and I'm going to learn my lines. <laughs> Came back and it was just, you know, I mean, those, uh, that kind of repetition sometimes, especially if you already know the character, is always something that helps a lot because you just kind of find these certain little things that we find them even on set, like uh, remember Vince when uh, I kind of uh, um, kind of like rested on the on, on the television and and, and right. seeing like yeah let's do that let's rest on top yeah let's make it like, like even more casual than 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 anything else so you know you just start finding all these little things that uh, that uh, that make the scene work better you know that's that's what everybody's trying to do just try to do the best job possible also I mean it was just like like Vince says it was just so good to see Bob there. You know, it's like, oh my God, thank God. You know, I mean, forget about the show and about everything. Seriously. Oh, man. I mean, yeah. we, we all saw him there on the floor and it was like, oh my God, dude, this is like the worst thing that could ever happen to somebody, you know, in front of you. And uh, thank God he's fine and it worked out. I mean, I haven't seen the episode, but I mean, I'm sure the scene turned out great. That's what happens when you mess with Lalo, man. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and Patrick Fabian, uh, we had a we had a stand-in, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, nice yeah, nice young man who uh, stood in uh, for Patrick. But a lot of those shots, that's really Patrick lying there. So so uh, that's kind of an unsung uh, bit of heroism having to having to lie there for on your you know for hours and hours on end. Hundred percent, hundred percent, incredible I a, acting. I got a question Real. about I got a question about that scene just in terms of logistics when you guys were breaking this and also boarding it up the assistant directors are boarding this up and you're gonna basically sit, come in the same scene in the same positions over two episodes was that how it was planned not counting the two months that you had to stop you know i mean did, did you guys like say okay on day one we're just gonna start where we were or did you guys split days or something with the other show or anything like that no you just came back and took a picture they took a picture and then you came back and just put people in the right place they took they took hundreds of pictures you're okay. right and, and yeah. I, no but it's an excellent question i gordon am i remembering this right I, I i just assumed we would we would split a half a day after tom we'd we'd schedule both episodes such that yeah tom would finish up and then we roll right into it and the and our our two uh first ad's uh rich on on episode 607 and then uh angie our, our first ad on episode my first ad on episode 608 they know more about this stuff than i'm ever gonna you know they they said no no we don't need to do it that way and it turns out i, I thought they were wrong but it turns out they were right it, it's just we because they knew how good the uh the continuity efforts of of the various department heads are hair again hair makeup wardrobe lighting uh, and the actors themselves, uh, Tony and 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 uh, Ray and and Bob, being able to get back in that headspace—it's it's amazing. And and Patrick. And Patrick. Yes, I'm sorry, I did not mean to leave up Patrick. <laughs> I mean, Dad is dead. Headspace. But yeah, yeah, uh. yeah. 
Yeah. Hey, it's a lot to do that, man. It, no, it's, it is. It's it huge. Is. To yeah. even just to keep his body, you know, with there's a little bit of visual effects uh, magic that helps him to not be breathing. But yeah, but the mouth is still open. Exactly. Open. And the yeah, face is dead. dead. He's dead. dead. A while. Eyes a little fly going in or something. You're right. You're right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That was, and that was yeah. the fly from Breaking Bad. That, that's our little nod to it. Right? <laughs> I mean, like Vince is saying, though, major shout out to our to our producers, to Melissa, to yes. our, our AD department for this entire season, because like, yeah, we just, this, this was one of the, obviously this was the most major Bob's Bob's situation at scheduling that uh, scheduling around it and trying to figure out how to get the get what we needed. Uh, when when it seemed that there was any possibility of going forward figuring that out but this it was not the only challenge that we had scheduling things this whole season even just even just figuring out when we would shoot the teaser for this episode because this is not it's not Talk about the teaser oh. this is the only time we didn't shoot within the boundaries of the state of new mexico the only time ever ever oh right? yeah yeah, yeah. That's, that's the right. very last day of production on the series yep, yep. and it was and in march cool. right it was right uh, yeah, it's March, and we went to a beach kind of uh, out by Leo, Malibu. Leo Carrillo, Leo yeah. Carrillo Beach, outside of Malibu, north of Malibu. Yeah, and it was it was fun, and it was bittersweet, and it was it was bittersweet because we we were lucky. We had to, we didn't have Paul, unfortunately. Paul was back, and uh, Paul Donicky was our amazing uh, uh, cinematographer for for the for the even episodes, the even uh, number episodes, uh, and then Marshall, amazing cinematographer in the odd number episodes this season. But Paul was back in England, uh, probably hoisting a pint and watching a football game. Uh, but. Uh, we we had Marshall. Luckily, we had Marshall, and we had Matt Cradle as our as our A camera op- operator, which is great. And we had Jordan Slovin as a B camera operator. So we had a lot of our folks, but a lot of our crew that day were folks uh, we had never worked with, who all did a great job. But it was it was it was uh, it was kind of bittersweet knowing it was coming to an end, and the whole crew wasn't there. But it was uh, it was a fun day out at the beach. That was that was yeah. fun. You know, speaking of bittersweet and coming to an end, I know we're we're pretty short on time today. Um, so I just wanted to alert us all to that. And and are there any other like really pressing things that that we should talk about here? Well, those death scene. Oh my god! You mean my ugly last breath? <laughs> I knew. Yeah. I, I I knew. I told Jen. I'm like, I, there's no way that I get through this podcast. I'm waiting. I was waiting for it, and Vince gave me the cue. <sighs> talk about that. Talk about what you mean, because the people listening won't have read yeah, the script. Talk about what you meant by that, Gordon. <laughs> so, okay. So in the script, I said something like, you know, and it was it was to make it momentous, Tony. It was so like, nice. and then <laughs> I talk, he and after, you know, he, he were, we move in with, with Gus and and Lalo draws one last ugly breath and dies or some, something like this. That. I'm reading this and I'm going, why ugly? What, what, <laughs> what, what's going on here? I mean, he could just say anything. So I kind of kept it to myself. And one day when we're on the set, Vince is telling me something and Gordon's right there. And I turn around to Gordon and I go, so how do I do that uh, ugly breath that you want me to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've been going at it since then for months. Fucking yes. writers, man! I tell you, it's just <laughs> writerly BS. I, I believe, it, but it was it was very clear. It was just you came up to me on set and said, 
ugly. <laughs> I was like, I can't do ugly. And, and I and I'm I knew Tony I was. Dalton. I know, and you're not wrong. I just I can't do suave. I can't do ugly. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I knew I was handsome. in trouble. <laughs> and then when we actually finally did the scene, and it was you know, I mean, there's so much blood and everything. Yeah. He turned. Gordon comes up to me, and goes, "That was a beautiful last breath. That was beautiful." <laughs> <laughs> Hey, you, you'll, you'll be interested when you watch the episode, Tony. We actually d- digitally erased all the blood. We felt it was too much. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for having it all you over. You did it there. You kept saying, more blood, more blood. I was like, <laughs> hey, I'm curious, though. Soaking wet in blood. I so, know. You were so It's so wet. gross. It's great. It was super fun. Hey, hey Tony, I'm just, I'm just curious because I just, I watched the, I watched this about a week, week or two ago. No, it must have been like three weeks ago because I've been begging Chris for like episode nine for like at least a month. Um, But I watched it last night to make some notes. And the thing that stuck out to me was even in that last ugly breath, you got this winning smile on your face. Oh, that's and, why. It was totally to go against Gordon. It was just a stick <laughs> of the Gordon. But, it was great. But it but it it was so much to me about that character. And I guess, I mean, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I'm curious. Did you know, I mean, you you have this charm and smile with just about everything you do. And so I'm just even wondering at that point, do you know, do you think that I mean I'm curious what your take on what Lalo was thinking, even in death well actually we actually talked about it because we started started um kind of seeing which way we we're gonna do this last ugly breath that gordon wrote and <laughs> when we got to it i mean basically this the smile thing like um vince said to me he said look maybe you're just looking at gus thinking god damn it you, you, you got me you got me <laughs> You got lucky, man. You know, it was dark and you just shot out there and all right, motherfucker, I'm out. But you got lucky. And that's that smile. That was that smile. It was like, Jesus, you lucky bastard. Bye. Yeah. See you in hell, you know? Yeah. See you yeah. in hell, you bastard. It's it's so I can't wait for you to see it, Tony. It is so it's it's cool. There is the last moment of cool, but it's also so disturbing. And you played mm. Dan really good. I'm as in like the light <laughs> goes out of your eyes, and then you're just like it's just it's we hang on it a long time. It's really uh, it's oh, really great. impressive the Can't way you to play see. it. Can't wait. It's to see really it. cool. And and the same. I want to give a quick shout out. I'm sorry to uh, to again to uh, uh, to uh, our wonderful uh, director of photography, oh. uh, Paul, because. Uh, a couple of these scenes, well, especially that one, the shootout is a wonner, and it's lit. There's a little of what Peter Gould calls uh, customer light. There's a little, just a little base level of light in the in the in the in the cave there in the in the super lab excavation. But all you're really seeing are actual squibs going off. The scene that that wonner is lit literally by the squibs. Uh, by the by the gunshots the the blanks not they're not squibs let me let me see that 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 whole scene is literally lit by the blanks uh being shot uh so that was uh that was i i that that took a lot of testing on paul's part Uh, and Werner too. And, and we, Werner, we talked yes. a little bit about that, uh, the bonus episode that Werner is on. And one of the methods was were those like flash bulbs that would go off in in um in concert with the the blanks and but ultimately 
kind of what you had wanted, Vince, don't let me put words in your mouth, uh, is to to do it practically with just the light from the guns. And that's yeah. exactly what it was. Yeah. I just wanted to say on the the, the death scene, one, one last thing that I, uh, Dave, your cue there leading up to that smile oh, uh yeah. it's like yeah. that it's just the most fucked up funeral bells it's just this like it, it, it that was another point where we were we went chills oh, it's just chilling yeah. and it's this it's the repetition there the kind of that's that's so like you said it's very cold but like I don't know. It felt like a grave. It's 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 amazing. Yeah. I was sorry to see one of my favorite characters uh, uh, seeing the door, but I, yeah. I think there's there's two, I thought of it as two sides to that. I, I thought of that as the 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 end of Tony's character, but also the inevitable reemergence of Gus, who we know a certain way and have been surprised in the past few episodes to see a vulnerability about. Um, that was unfamiliar to us, uh, but we don't. We know in the Breaking Bad world uh, that that that's not that's not the Gus uh, that we know and love for, for later on. And it's sort of the opens the door back up uh, for him to go back that direction. It's sad saying him go, but uh, and this is like a character. This is the closest we're ever going to get to a James Bond character in either of these <laughs> two shows. I mean, this is Lalo is uh, you know there's there's three geniuses spread over two shows there's walter white and then there's gustavo fring and then there's lalo salamanca and uh it's like if if things had gone a little bit different in both shows uh, a different guy could have come out on top i mean that's how smart this guy is it's 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 gordon is it fun writing smart characters it must be right oh, yeah it's, yeah it's, it's i mean always, it's fun yeah. writing the dipshit sometimes but that's <laughs> that you can't you can't write the dipshits for that long it's yeah. like the, the smart characters you they they you can it's like a you know it's an opera you can you can you can pull a whole range of things in an aria so that's that's what it feels like writing for like tony and bob and everybody really on the show all our regulars yeah well speaking of smart wait, characters i just oh, hey hey wait i just want to ask one more thing like the 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 bodies that were thrown in the hole were those real that was me that Vince insisted. I, so, did I, so did I, by the way. Uh, Tony and Vince insisted. <laughs> it's they are. Uh, we did want to throw Gordon in, but we weren't allowed to. By the uh, <laughs> but uh, those that is uh, those are stuntmen. Uh, stunt really? doubles. The same stunt double for for Tony uh, as as did the shooting in the in that one or with the gunshots uh, okay. and did a, and he's the same guy. He did a great job. Uh, Mike helped me out with his name. Oh, of course. That yes, that's who it was. And he was did a wonderful job. He's also a parkour expert, so he's the guy. You know, he can run up walls and climb up on the roofs and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> Although, having said that, I think Tony could have done that one himself, probably too. <laughs> so, Tony's pretty amazing with these things. But uh, yeah, that's who that. That was a stunt. So, so the overhead shot, not when well when they're in the grave, but also when they're out of the grave. What one thing I noticed was. I was looking at the overhead. I think it's an overhead shot when they're before they're in the grave, and I'm like, "Damn, they look bad." Yeah. Is that what those were? That that was Patrick and Tony. Oh yeah, that's makeup, for them. makeup man. Ooh, they look bad. Oh, was, you know what? I even wrote it on my they're, notes. They're dead. I know. They look bad. I said they look really good. Dead. I mean, Kill. they. 
The makeup was great. Let me put it that way. Well, it's not, and the makeup is great. Uh, Sherry, uh, wonderful. She's I worked with her going all the way back to the X Files. She's a genius. But you know, it's acting as well. It, it really is. I mean, Tony yeah. and uh, and Patrick lying there playing dead. It's like, what, what is it? You just freeze your face. No, but it's like the, the faces. The, I don't know what it is you guys are doing. You guys look so fucking dead. Yeah, they look bad. Yeah, yeah. It's and really it's good not, performance. It is. Yeah. It's not just yeah. the makeup. It's the performance. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. we could talk for another half hour just about the whole that we put them in. We we had oh, yeah. to we had to move heaven and earth. Thanks again to our wonderful producers, to get Q Studios to allow us to to uh, dig a six foot deep hole in through the concrete floor of the of the soundstage. It was a it took it as much as many meetings as anything we've ever done yeah. is is the wow. grave and the floor of that set. Because the set fills it, the entire it, stage. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but to 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 the credit of our producers who got it done and you, Vince, who are pushing for it, it saved us. It saved us probably two days of shooting. I think. Yeah. I, I swear, just because we were talking about this option of like green screening and digging a hole someplace else, and then figuring out the shots here, and then shooting, bouncing back and forth, and even just the ads were like. Oh, uh, you know, you could oh, yeah. see the migraines building as we were oh, trying yeah. to figure out how we could possibly do it. And yeah. it, I don't think it would have been, a, I think it would, we could have done it, but I think it would have taken longer and been not as good. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Well, thank you guys, everybody for coming out. I, I'm, I hate cutting it short because I, I really would talk for another hour. This is so fun. And um, even oh, wait, on a beautiful. Wait, wait, wait Chris, can Sunday I ask one more? I have, I have one more question. One more question. It, one more because people are going to ask me this and i fucking don't know okay the overhead shot of kim on the street in front of gus's house which is you know basically the shot that we used when walter white was going towards gus's house is that the same angle i know i'm going to get asked this and people are going to be unbelievable that i don't know right but i'm curious because i know y'all so the overhead shot, you know, where basically when when Walt was walking toward Gus's house, is it the same angle? It's it's as close as we could get it at four thirty in the morning. No, I, I mean, knew y'all were yeah. y'all were trying though. That Jen, was it. That was oh, the absolutely. Idea. Oh, Jim Carroll. Jim Carroll was standing there. God bless her. She's always so helpful with all this. I mean, she's like so detail oriented. Jen was standing there with her iPad, uh, with a freeze frame from that episode of Breaking Bad. And then Jordan Sloven, or, uh, who is Melissa Bernstein's husband and a wonderful camera operator, he was up 40 feet in the air on a scissor lift and she was showing it, trying to show it to him. And it was, and it was 4.30 in the morning and the sun was coming up and this fucking scissor lift, you know, thank you lawyers. You know, every time this thing moves an inch, it goes bam, bam, bam. And it moves at a, at a quarter inch an hour, this thing, when it rolls. <laughs> so I want to, here and now, I want to apologize to all the neighbors in that neighborhood and, and uh, the neighborhood of this house, because they were so, this thing was going, bam, 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 you know, for like louder than, uh, and, and, but so we, that it's as close as we could get it to the, uh, to that. Yes, that's, that was the intention. Okay. It may be a little bit different, but it's as close as we could get it. I saw that and I was like, okay, I know people go on Twitter, go yeah. ask me this question and they're going to not believe that I don't know. But I was like, I know y'all. And I'm like, I bet you that they, yes, they were trying to do that. Congrats. That was really great. Thank you guys. Sorry, Chris. I had to. No, 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 no. I, I'm sure somebody's going to put uh, a side by side for sure. Oh, yeah. and, and it is, it, it was very well rendered. Um, so 
kudos to everybody. Um, and, and yeah, so thank you guys for, for taking the time on this Sunday morning. And, um, Tony, uh, we end the podcast every time with, uh, one of our guests, uh, kind of giving their best, uh, Bob Odenkirk, Saul Goodman style, better call Saul. It's just sort of our little like catchphrase to send out the episode. Would you, would you do the honors for us? Okay. All right. So, uh, you better call Saul. Yeah. Hey, hey, that was a good one. That was a good one.